The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. When the Facts Change is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Kiwi Bank. The bank for Kiwi, looking to get ahead in business and in life. A bank that delivers expertise and banking know-how, smart advice for business owners wanting to invest, grow their business or diversify. A bank that adapts with technology through the lens of its people and customers. It is a bank with heart that is driven by its purpose. Kiwi, making Kiwi better off. Well, it's the beginning of the year. It's that time when you go into the bottom drawer and pull out the bit of paper that you wrote down a year ago, the one with all the New Year's resolutions that you promptly forgot about and stopped doing a week or two into 2022. So I thought it would be useful to do a similar sort of exercise. What was When the Facts Change doing a year ago? And how did it all work out? Well, as it turned out, we did an interview with someone who most people hadn't heard of a year ago, Tori Whānau, who, as a former Green Party chief of staff, decided to run for mayor and actually declared very early. So at the end of 2021, she declared she wanted to be the mayor of Wellington in the elections in October of 2022. So we talked about what she wanted, and at that point, she was a bit of an underdog and also at risk of splitting the centre-left vote in Wellington. And being a centre-lefty sort of town, that was a risk for the centre-left, that it would allow someone on the centre-right, potentially Andy Foster, the existing mayor, to come through. And remember... As we now know, there was a massive backlash against Labour in the local elections. And in Auckland and Christchurch, we saw centre-right mayors elected and the councils uh, going more towards the centre-right. But the exception in 2022 was Tori Fano and her performance in the local elections, where not only did she win... She won in a landslide because it turned out that the Labour candidate, Paul Eagle, was actually pitching more for the centre-right vote than the centre-left, and he ended up splitting the centre-right vote. So Tori Fano became the mayor, but more importantly, she became the mayor with a centre-left majority. In fact, the only mayor in the big cities where one side of politics also has a majority on the council. This is often the big problem with councils. They're unlike with central government, where the cabinet is dominated by the prime minister and is able to force things through parliament because they have the most MPs in parliament. That's not the case in local government and is one of the reasons, I think, that People are frustrated with local government and its inability to do things, and that's partly because of the structure where the mayor is elected separately from the councillors and you don't have that caucus-type process where one person can effectively control how the government goes. So we speak to her this week about 2023 because she has control of the Wellington Council and a clear programme mapped out. 
clearly progressive in favour of cycling and walking and public transport, of moving towards a more livable, compact city where there's a lot more affordable housing. These are the key issues for Wellington. It has the most expensive housing in the country, the most problems with public transport, a lack of investment, and in many ways has sort of fallen behind Auckland in these vibe stakes in the last few years. A lot of investment in Auckland and a lot of attention, development, population growth, and in many ways, more of a clear direction, in part because the central government has invested so much in the city rail link and is looking to build out the rest of the city, whereas Wellington had the earthquakes and was hit quite hard last year by the protests, which caused all sorts of grief at the bottom end of town. Tori Fano has a real job ahead of her, but she's in an unusual position of being a centre-left mayor with a centre-left council dealing with a centre-left government until November at least. In this interview, we talked with Tory about what might happen if there is a change of government. And, spoiler alert, there's some news in here. She actually said that she would not like to see Simeon Brown as a national transport minister. Keep an ear out for that one. That's quite a, a, a gutsy thing for a mayor to say. And uh, she's very clear about why and that she's already had a chat with Christopher Luxon. That's this week in When the Facts Change. We look at what we did a year ago, how it went, and what the year ahead brings for Wellington, one of our biggest cities. Well, kia ora, and welcome to the spin-offs When the Facts Change to Tori Fano, the new Mayor of Wellington. Fantastic to uh, have you on the show again, Tori. Uh, kia ora, thank you for having me. It's almost like our one-year anniversary or something like that. That's right. The last time we spoke, um, you were just a candidate and <laughs> a, bit of a, a bit of a surprise candidate. And you could argue a bit of a, an outsider, given that, um, as we now know, the uh, previous mayor, Andy Foster, on the centre-right, stood and um, a sitting Labour MP, uh, Paul Eagle, also stood for mayor, creating the risk that there'd be a split in the centre-left uh, vote. And the rest of the country sort of flipped to the centre-right. But uh, you were elected in with a landslide and with a centre-left majority council, which was unusual. So I'm curious to know, how did you do it? I had a really, really uh, tight campaign plan, a really uh, dedicated campaign team of volunteers, um, and the party, the Green Party infrastructure um, backing me certainly helped as well. I mean, I th unlike other parties um, or other candidates, we presented, uh, here's what your team could look like that would lead council, and we were positive, we were really clear about our policies, and we didn't get bogged down in any any of that negativity that some other candidates were, um, and, and, and we, we did well as a result. So, um, I'm I'm proud of the work that I did, but look, it, it was a very much a team effort. It was it was a team effort by a very progressive uh, group of individuals who love Wellington, um, who love climate action, who love housing, who love all that good stuff, um, coming together um, and just working as hard as possible. A lot of people, most people, I would say, didn't think we could do it. Uh, but we did, um, and I'm still kind of picturing myself. I, I, I am. I, even to this day, I wake up and go, oh, man, I'm the mayor. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe it. Like, it, it's wild to me. I was 
I was really driven and um, dedicated to winning, and I knew that I could, but it's still mind-blowing. Yeah, particularly when you had Paul Eagle and yourself, in theory, competing for that centre-left vote. But I wonder if actually Paul Eagle's intervention relatively late ended up splitting the centre-right vote. Yes, it, I, I think so. Um and, and, I, and I say this with love uh, for Paul. So me and him are friends, um, and we certainly became close over the campaign trail, but um, his campaign was confusing. Um, what started off as what we thought would be quite progressive actually ended up becoming quite influenced by the centre-right um, and, and, of course, bickering with uh, between him and um, our previous uh, mayor. And that's not what people wanted to see. They're just like, what is your plan? I've had a lot of conservatives come up to me and go, look, I don't agree with you politically, but you were really clear about what you wanted to deliver. I respect that. We just want honesty and transparency. Um, And that's just not what we saw very clearly uh, with the other teams. And the national mood, though, was very much... um kick out the incumbents, swing to the right. You could argue um, a bit of a reaction against the move towards mode shift, towards more buses, more railways, more uh, uh, cycleways. Um, but in Wellington, that there was a, a contrast, a, a different tone. Why do you think Wellington was different to the other cities? Where in Auckland, uh, we've got Wayne Brown as mayor and in Christchurch, Phil Major as mayor, both of whom were pretty sceptical about, you know, mode shift and moving to cycling and walking and public transport. I think uh, on one hand, you have a city that is uh, generally quite progressive in the first place and uh, things, parties like Labour and the Green Party do quite well in, in the various electorates. Um, I also think, I'd like to credit our, our um, narrative so we were very, very um, clear about what we supported, which was, which of course was let's get Welly moving, public transport, high dense house, uh, high densification, um, and but what we did was tell a story as to why that was positive for Wellington. Um, you know, it, it, whenever I was at a debate, um, people would go, "Oh, cycling is you know, it's it's frustrating. What about my commute?" And I'd go, "Look, this is this is about." Um, providing access across the city to everyone, including children. Do you not want your five-year-old to be able to cycle across the city safely like we used to be able to do when we were growing up? And the second I would say things like that, people would go, oh, okay, like they'd check themselves. Another one was uh, the lowering of speeds to 30 um, in certain areas. People were very aggressive about that, but then I'd say, that 10 kilometres has such an impact between injury and death. Again, this is about keeping our tamariki safe. People go, oh, yeah, all right then, you know. And it's – so it's almost like there was an appreciation of not not entirely on board with you, Tori, but, you know, I, lo- I kind of like what you're saying. And whereas um, there were other candidates who were just sort of beating around the bush and not being really clear about what they believed in, what they were going to deliver – there, again, there are still my supporters or my voters who still don't agree with me um, overall, but it was just more the, the the honesty piece, I think. So big expectations and, as you said, a clear plan around uh, public transport, you know, livable cities, more cycling, more walking. What have you found when you got in and not so much opened the books, but no doubt some uh, very well-informed officials came to you and said, here's what we've got. Uh, Can you stick to your plan? I can stick to our plan and I won't lie, it's going to be a very pricey task. And and we need to look at this as a 10-year plan uh, for us to be able to afford this and, and do it in chunks. I suppose 
What has made me check myself a little bit more is that I have access to more communities as mayor now, including various business communities. And I've made a promise to listen to everyone. So I've been sitting down with people like um, the Chamber of Commerce and smaller businesses who are, who are saying, look, uh, we know what you want to achieve. You, you want a walkable city. Um, and we get that. All we ask is a little bit of thinking around phasing so that our business can survive. And so, and I've made them a promise. I'm like, okay, wherever is possible, perhaps we remove uh, the car parks from this section of the city six months later to give you time to adjust um, and um, restart your um, your your lease at a later date or something. Um, so th this is what I'm talking through um, businesses with, the council, because I, I genuinely think that as long as I make it clear, let's get Willie moving is going to happen. Um, more more housing is going to happen. But if we turn it into a 10-year plan and, and kind of really communicate that plan to the general public, even if they don't like it, at least they know what's going to happen and they can adjust their lives to suit. We have to kind of also acknowledge that, um, you know, COVID is still having that impact on the smaller businesses and we want to keep them here. Um, so what has been a surprise to me, I've been a lot more sympathetic towards businesses, uh, I'd say. Because Wellington has struggled in the last year with the uh protests, uh, COVID, a lot of businesses closing down, a lot of uh, workers in the city, particularly in the public service, but also in some of the larger private organisations have actually stayed at home out in the suburbs. Uh, and and that's that means that Wellington maybe has not had that same vibrancy and there's a few holes in the, in the CBD that maybe weren't there before. Uh, how has that changed your view on what you want to do with the, the term you've got? So that has made me think, like, uh, I suppose where I've come to, which is a, a newer way of thinking in terms of how I want to approach councillors, we do have to take those conditions that impact our local economy into our decision making. Things change. We have to be a bit more nim um, nimble. So um, while I, um, I, I suppose I really want to, say, prioritise my uh, relationships with local businesses more to, to really figure out what they need, with our developers more to really accelerate building of our housing uh, and, and look at where we can reduce that consenting process timing as well. Um, and I don't know, I suppose uh, sequencing is the word that I'm trying to come to. I, I, I want a bit more thought put into that so that uh, the impact on businesses and, and of course, our um, residents is just a little bit less uh, than it could be. When the Facts Change is brought to you in partnership with KiwiBank to help you understand the issues affecting the economy. And that's what their team of experts is here to do too. Here's KiwiBank economist Sabrina Delgado on the current grim status of the global and local economy. Globally, economic output and activity is slowing. Higher interest rates are weighing heavily on demand and crushing activity. It's not pretty, but it's what's needed to bring down inflation. Here in Aotearoa, the outlook is soft at best. Our impressive surge in net migration helps lift activity, but still the economy is weakening under the weight of the Reserve Bank and a softening global backdrop. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to stay up to date with detailed economic analysis and forecasts from Sabrina and other KiwiBank experts. They take big issues from both here and overseas and make them relevant to Kiwi businesses. 
Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Now, I've um, spoke for the last couple of years about this fundamental issue between central and local government, where a lot of the infrastructure needed for housing and public transport is funded by central government, and local government don't necessarily have the funding tools, like, for example, any sort of taxation powers on income or spending, and really only have rates and a few other fees and charges to be able to pay for a lot of the new infrastructure. They're also restricted on how much debt they can raise themselves. So there's a lot of um, dependence on the central government for getting a lot of the big capital spending decisions through. My understanding is that the government is working with Treasury and Waka Kotahi on how to fund Let's Get Wellington Moving, and there is a uh, discussion that's going to happen in Cabinet earlier this year about how to do that, because it's pretty clear that the National Land Transport Fund is not going to be big enough to do it. It's always been a sort of um, problem for Wellington and Auckland over the years that there was never enough money for public transport or the decisions weren't made in favour of public transport to take money from that fund. And the uh, transport minister and the government are talking about things like congestion charging, uh, value capture uh, tools, those sorts of things. What's your view currently on, on how friendly the central government is in making sure that capital is available for Let's Get Wellington moving? Because you'll never be able to do it just on your own. Oh, absolutely. And um, I've spoken to them just several times about this, and he's very aware um, that uh, the, a, a huge chunk of the investment has to come from them. Um, I've even spoken to the leader of the opposition about needing assistance with this as well. Of course, he's less favourable um, about Let's Get Welly Moving and, and things like Three Waters, but um, when it comes, I suppose I'm jumping ahead, sorry, but um, I think working the working relationship with central government is, is completely necessary. Would we like a bit more independence and more of those funding tools to be able to make our decisions without it needing to go through cabinet and so forth? Yes, of course, but we're just not on that in that position at the moment. And a thing like a change of government can really throw our big decisions into disarray. So um, with what we have now, my role is to build our relationship with both parties so that I can be very clear about what 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 we need. And a lot of it is infrastructure investment and just go, well, however, however you um, implement that, that, that's up to the government of the day, but either way, we need the funding. And both um, both parties have, um, you know, in, in a sense, um, given their support for that. 
So um, this year is uh, for the nation an, an election year and um, Wellington being the exception with a centre-left mayor and a centre-left council is potentially in the situation where it um, has a great set of plans, is ready to push the go button and then the central government changes and bang, we're back to square one where it's all about building motorways and it's all about um, reducing government debt by starving infrastructure investment because when you reduce government debt, you reduce interest rates and increase the value of land, which is really what the game is all about. Um, so how worried are you that you're doing lots of work now to to get your plans lined up and uh, then um, no, come November, uh, uh, you, get a you get a change of government. It's a massive risk uh, and, and it's something that kind of, it does concern me. All I can really say is that I've had conversations with, with Christopher, Nicola and, and Chris Bishop um, about what Wellington is trying to achieve and in terms of what we're trying to achieve that they, they, they seemed quite positive about. How that looks with legislation, look, that that would be um, quite different. Um, but they they are in agreement that the infrastructure priorities for us are very much the same. There's just those smaller details like car parks and cycle lanes that there, that there isn't a lot of agreement. But I think we can work through that. Um, I'm I want to try and get as much of that work as, uh, done as possible. We're starting the work on a cycle lane in Aro Valley and, and Ngaio. So uh, as, as I've... Uh, said during my campaign, I want to accelerate some of that work um, as soon as we can. You didn't mention Simeon Brown, who <laughs> has who has a slightly more aggressive tone on these issues than even uh, Nicola Willis and Chris Bishop, both of whom, of course, are from Wellington and perhaps more aware of Wellington's issues, whereas Simeon Brown's from Auckland. And uh, he seems very keen on uh, uh, pushing the motorway button and uh, rejecting uh, uh, buses and trains and uh, tunnels. Uh, how do you feel about the sorts of comments he's making, which are along the lines of, um, let's get Wellington moving as dead, in brackets, unsaid but meant, uh, and I'll be the one to kill it when I get in? I'm deeply concerned about his comments. And um, if he became transport minister, um, I'd be really upset about that because it would see um, our climate change efforts going backwards. It would see our city going backwards. Um, and then we become a car dependent city, uh, which is the wrong way to go. Uh, and that's why I'm essentially dealing with um, other MPs, because I feel like they have um, similar um, sort of priorities and vision for Wellington City. So have you said to Christopher Luxon, you know, I'd, I'd much prefer a different transport minister? Oh, not yet, but I certainly will. Um, we've only had one, like an introductory meeting uh, so far since I became mayor. And I, I have to say, it was, he was really lovely uh, and it was a really good conversation and he's he's a, he's, a, he's a nice man. So I feel like I could be in a position to say that. Obviously, I wouldn't have much influence over that, but um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm happy to publicly say I would be deeply concerned if he became Transport Minister. On housing, and that's the other big issue uh, that uh, was talked about in the election, Wellington has a history of consenting uh, about half the number of consents per thousand head of population of some of the other big cities, in particular Auckland and Christchurch. Uh, I know every situation is different, but um, how do you plan to you know, increase that consenting rate? Simply because Wellington's big issues – 
from my view, as a former resident, is that uh, there just aren't enough houses, particularly for younger people, particularly for families, particularly for those who are on lower incomes. And um, the need is just for a lot, lot more supply of affordable housing. And in the past, it hasn't quite delivered. So how, how do you see Wellington changing that? Yeah, I fully agree. And this is something that I've um, tasked um, uh, Tamitha Paul and Tim Brown with, who are two really great minds to have on our um, housing project overall. Um, there's a, a so that that's something that, that we're reviewing at, at the moment, and something that I want to increase the number of as well. Something that we're also relying on um, is, of course, uh, uh, MRT and how we really get let's get Welly moving in that transport route, which will help um, facilitate a lot more development along that transport route as well. Um, during my campaign and, and during my term, um, in terms of how we increase our housing, that particular route is going to be a priority area for me. Now, one of the other issues that has hurt Wellington over the last decade in particular is the um, problem with earthquakes and buildings that are now deemed earthquake prone, they're not occupied, they may not be being repaired. And there's even talk, you know, hey, let's have a look again at whether Wellington should be the capital. Do you think that Wellington should be the capital given its its earthquake risks? Oh, absolutely. And I think... Um Look, every city has that 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 sort of risk. Um, we've got a lot of work to do in terms of um, demolishing and rebuilding our our um, uh, buildings, and I think there's actually a lot of opportunity there, even though it will be quite costly. Um, uh, you know, Wellington is is right in the centre of New Zealand. It's where um, our central government is. Um, it we are on the on track to becoming a vibrant, livable city, um, even when. Um, one in terms of earthquakes, a, a criticism that's cropped up about like if we if we move to rail, that that will have a significant impact. The earthquakes will, um, you know, our, our very skilled people at council have certainly advised that is absolutely not the case, um, and this is stuff that has been tested overseas. Um, Wellington has had a um, hard a hard go, I think, especially over the last few years, and and the vibe has disappeared, but. Um, I've noticed even in the last like three or four months, it's coming back to life. Um, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a rates increase. It's going to take government investment to really get it going again. And look, it's probably not not going to be its best self for another five to ten years. Um, but I have so much faith in that, and 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 so much pride and hope for this city that it will happen. This is why I keep telling everyone I intend on being mayor for three terms because I want to see that through. Um, I have a vision for Wellington, as do a lot of people. It's going to happen. It's just needed. It's just needed the mahi to get it there. And um, just looking ahead for this year, um, some things are beyond your control. But what are the main things you want to get done so far this year that at least Wellington Council can control? Yeah, I mean, so our relationship with with um, other parties is incredibly important to me. And when I say other parties, I mean Wellington Water, um, our our regional council, and of course central government, because that 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 relationship is going to be crucial in terms of getting what we need for our water infrastructure um, and our public transport. So that that's actually still number one, even though we have less of a remit. 
um, housing and increasing um, um, our supply across that public transport route as a result of that is going to be incredibly important to me. Um, and looking at other ways, um, we're starting to do our community um, housing provider stuff to create more affordable rentals as well. So not just for buyers, for renters as well. Um, just recently uh, for uh, Te Kainga Housing, we've relaxed the criteria so that um, artists, uh, people in tech startups, um, HOSPO uh, can access a lot of those homes. So we want to build more of those as we see the demand um, grow and convert more uh, buildings into apartments. Um, and it's kind of all of that stuff, pedestrianisation, but I like to group that within Let's Get Willy Moving. All of that kind of walkable, livable stuff is what will help create a climate resilient city, which uh, at the crux of it is really important to me. Um, and then through all of that, relationship with mana whenua, really enhancing and ensuring that they're part of our key decision making and that, and that has certainly begun. Um, and again, it's that vibe, thriving city, arts, hospo, tech, all that good stuff. I know that's a massive wish list and people are like, oh, that's so high level. Um, but th that's my role, right? I'm, I'm meant to be, have the vision and our council and our councillors kind of implement it. And um, I mean, I'm amped and, I, and, I, and it's not going to be perfect. In fact, it's going to get real ugly um, when we start to see our roads being digged up and, and road cones all over the all over the city. But it has to happen. If it doesn't, we just go further backwards and then we lose the opportunity to be a capital we can be proud of. Maybe Wayne Brown will give all the road cones he's trying to get rid of. <laughs> oh, he can send them down here. I'm all good with construction because um, uh, for me, it's progress. Great. great. Tori Fano, thank you very much for being on When the Facts Change. Um, hopefully we can do this again uh, next year and um, talk about the, the year that was and the year ahead. I can confirm that this can be our yearly slot. <laughs> Fantastic. Ka kite anō. Ka kite. When the Facts Change was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, together with KiwiBank. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to find out how KiwiBank are making Kiwi better off. Kia ora e te iwi, Kiai Butler here, Podcast Manager at the Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.